Hey, it is Andre, the host of the RC After Hours podcast, and you are listening to episode number 84, which is Goodbye 2020. Today's show is basically going to be the wrap-up of the year, talk about the uh, results from the surveys, and uh, oh, just hope that 21 is a better year. I don't know anybody about you, but in the last 24 hours, it's been absolute chaos in the uh, in the family. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the end of this uh, this year year uh, no special plans uh, for anybody who's in uh, Ontario watching the news we are in the middle of a COVID lockdown so I'm on vacation and stuck at home which has been the norm lately right so no flying or anything like that lots of bench time and we'll get into some of the stuff I've been doing but the um, the focus of the podcast today is obviously going to be talking about the results from the survey we did so thank you for everybody who submitted uh and uh, like i said uh, ongoing huge shout out uh, i'm drinking my coffee this morning out of my yeti mug from uh, that's from eddie black and wendy thank you guys um one of my favorite uh <laughs> non-flying related products but gotta gotta love uh you know your coffee staying warm so uh good morning to everybody who's watching now live on the show it's uh it's an odd early morning but like i said i uh, i just fired up up the uh, the stream and I'm doing this podcast so got the numbers in got everything I wanted to do and really want to close out the year with a soft bang <laughs> nothing too dramatic nothing too crazy um, and, and kind of just uh, you know get into it so um, first and foremost uh, a huge shout out to the patreons and everything uh, all the subscribers and followers uh, um, and anybody who, who submitted to this thing uh, for those wondering, we haven't done the draw yet. Uh, I'm waiting on Sam to make sure his manufacturing from uh, the Hangar RC group, uh, make sure their their manufacturing is up to snuff and everything, and he's satisfied with the product and everything. And then we will do that draw for the Texan, uh, and those are for the Patreon subscribers. So if you're not a subscriber and you want in on that draw, woohoo, you still have an opportunity. So uh, and I will continue to. Uh, push that and everything so i do apologize for the delay on that one but i wanted to give him the opportunity sam all the opportunity to make sure his product is going uh if you're watching the video stream behind me yes one of the highlights of the year is that big beautiful uh canada 150 anniversary f18 and that is the hang rc wasp which uh We'll talk about later in the show when I talk about some of my highlights. Um, and if anybody on the chat, if you want to dump in some of your highlights, I'd be more than happy to read them back to, uh, for the show. Uh, but first and foremost, we're going to jump right in to this amazing uh, <laughs> results. Some of them surprised me. Some of them didn't surprise me, which uh, which I expected. Uh, all right, let me pull up all this content. For those listening, I will be as descriptive as possible. So... Uh, basically we had how many categories? We had a ton of categories this year. Best foam plane, best balsa plane, best EDF jet, best warbird, best high wing, best multi-rotor, best radio and FPV technology, and then other. And I love the comments everybody put in. So, uh, and, and you know, we just was really, it was really interesting to see. There are some defining, defining results like bam. This was your top lane. And then, you know, other ones were, were a little bit tighter race. Uh, and even the numbers were still pretty hefty. And I kept pushing saying, okay, you guys come out. I think next year, maybe I'll define the, the, the parameters in November. And then we can probably try and, uh, we can probably try and, and you know, hammer out the, the, the 
I want as much engagement as possible when I do these things because it's I don't want it to be a narrow focus group. But we still had plenty of people subscribing and and talking and putting in their votes, and it was an ongoing change to the numbers occasionally because you know like midway through someone would suggest a really good product that I hadn't even thought of so maybe next year what I'll do is I'll do a pre-entry and say okay everybody dump in their stuff and then we'll have like a a, a couple of weeks of of entries where everything is solid so the numbers are consistent but it's not scientific it's not uh this is you know it's nothing crazy uh this is all your input but basically what i did was i took all the numbers and then i took the top five of every category so we could just get the percentages and everything and so it looked good it's a really good competition um so here we go without delay i'm gonna bring up the website view and actually i'll just read this out uh i'll put all the numbers and everything into the podcast uh and the the youtube uh, group uh youtube the, the description afterwards so you can see the percentage so drum roll uh or there you go uh top airplane uh so this is best foam airplane and a huge huge shout out to Defiant Wings. Let's see if we can bring up the video. There it is. Defiant Wings Renegade. Yes. Yes. This has got 28% of the votes. In second place with 22% of the vote was the FMS Pitts 1400mm uh, version 2. Uh, in third was the, with another, uh, with, with tying for second, I guess, with 22% of the votes, was the uh, HRC St- uh, 7. So congratulations, Sam. That's the hangar group. Uh, I don't have all the second place and third place links for the for the descriptions, uh, but I'll dump them into all the video chats. Uh, Alex says he's building up his Defiant right now. Yes. Uh, and I, I broke the news this morning after I finished tabulating to uh, Sean. And he was like, oh, no. Uh, Sean, Sean's been very descriptive of how... Um, it's a hard plane to cut for a small manufacturer. It's very, uh, it's very time-consuming, but it's such a phenomenal product. So I've been pushing him, and I keep saying Ren X. I want him to, I want him to produce a bigger version of this airplane. And Alex says he's, uh, he's still working, waiting on his ESCs. Um, I'll talk about mine in a minute. I actually have it over there. And I'll talk about what I've been doing with mine afterwards. We'll come back to this to the subjects. Uh, in fourth place, with 17%, was the Flightline Bronco, the 1400-millimeter foam Bronco. Uh, and then uh, in fifth place, with 11% of the votes, was the Flex Mamba 10 Generation 2. But there you go. So a top foam, uh, best foam plane. Uh, and it's really nice to see a small manufacturer kind of... Ha- hammer away against the Goliaths, you know, David versus Goliath. So again, if you're looking for a really fun FPB ship, I cannot rave enough about how much I enjoy flying this thing. Simple 2S, small motors, small ESC bundle, uh, and, and, and just you slap on some FPB and go. And I, when I finally got mine all sorted out and flying and everything, because I was having some ESC issues and my ECs are still in the mail too, but that we'll talk about that. Uh, what a plane, what a plane. Okay. We're having fun, right? It's all about having fun. All right, number two, the next play, the next uh, category was the best best balsa plane, and uh, this one surprised me. And I I've got a feeling I know why. And yeah, uh, if you're if you've listened and been part of this podcast for any time soon, we have a a high wing obsession. And so the the Cub Crafter, yeah, uh, the Cub Crafters Carbon Cub. Uh, FX3 100 to 200 cc, 156 
uh, inch, 165 inch wingspan, sorry, are from Hangar 9. This thing took the party. Actually, what happened was it was a three-way tie for second place. And this is, you know, so it kind of blasted through. But anyhow, 30%, 38% of the vote went for this one. I was expecting the big new Bronco, and that only got 17%, followed by the uh, um, uh, the Kingcraft Limited Edition uh, Super Stearman. That's from Hobby King. And and, and then, then the Nexus uh, Dauntless, the, the big one, the 81-inch wingspan one. So that was interesting. That was really interesting. And then uh, Flex Mamba 120cc ARF was uh, in fifth place with only 11%. So I got a feeling the Bronco probably could have taken this wing, uh, taken the, the, this this product, but I think the price uh, and, and the overall complexity of the aircraft and twin motors and everything. But if I had the means, oh, I tell you, this this Hangar 9 would be it. And, uh, you know, speaking of Hangar 9 Cubs, I'm... If there was something that defeated me about 2020, uh, was the fact that uh, I still have my my I still have my Cub, my my Carbon Z uh, Hangar Nine uh, stuck in Illinois with John uh, because uh, yeah, so I have to make a decision next year whether uh, depending on when the border uh, border reopens and how safe it is to actually travel down to the states for someone like me, um, whether I hold on to it and go 21. Or if I sell it off and uh, just say, well, it was never meant to be. So, <sighs> but again, congratulations to Hangar Nine. Uh, this is a uh, this is a beautiful airplane. Um, I think it's if you have the space to fly it and the and the means to transport it, I think it's almost just limitless as far as what you could do with it. And it looks so good. It looks really good. All right, moving on. Best EDF jet. Uh, Michael asks, where in Ontario I'm? I'm in Ottawa. And uh, so basically our COVID numbers have been okay. But um, from my perspective, when they say it's a lockdown, I haven't been flying or nothing. So uh, I'm kind of playing by the rules and just saying, let's keep it safe. But uh, and, and he could be referring to, uh, you know, how do I get my cub home? Talk to the guys and everything. We, we have a couple strategies on how to do it. Uh, if not... Um, yeah, and I've got friends in Buffalo as well. Uh, a couple of my really good buddies live in Buffalo. So, you know, when, when we're doing the flight test stuff or if we do the flight fest north, which we've done before a couple of years in a row, um, the guys have come up to here because it's only a five-hour hop. So, all right. Next up, the EDFs. Uh, again, this one surprised me. This one really surprised me. So in the categories, uh, oh, sorry, I'm not reading the right ones. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> I, I jumped ahead. I was looking at the Warbirds. Uh, again, there was a pretty healthy selection out of this one. And uh, again, I love the fact that there is, for first place, it's always a very consistent win. And then after that, you can see where, where the... Uh, the, the ideas diverge. So in first place for best EDF of the year, um, boom, the E-Flight A10, 64 mil. Now, I've seen this one fly, uh, and I have the FMS V1, and this is a nice airplane. Uh, the 64s, I was thinking, weren't going to do well, but the thing hauls. It's quiet, and it hauls, and it's very impressive. It's pretty darn durable because I've seen them. I've done a couple hard landings with my with my A10, and I'm that's one of the things I'll get back up in the air running. But yeah, uh, best EDF, 39% of the vote went for this guy, the A10 from E-Flight. So that's awesome. 29% went to the Flex Innovation F100D, the Super Sabre, the 90 mil, um, which is a really good airplane. 
but um, it had some QC issues. Well, fit and finish issues, and we've seen that before, but uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, hopefully that, that'll go. And then after that, 19%, uh, the free wing MiG-29, 9% for the free wing uh, Griffin, and 4% for the uh, free wing T-33 shooting star, which I thought was a shoe-in personally because that's just a beautiful, beautiful cold war era kind of feel to it and everything so uh but the a10 took it home with with the most votes okay this is the big one i think the warbirds everybody loves the warbirds uh i surprisingly enough i don't feel like i flew my warbirds nearly enough i was kind of uh, when i did get out flying it was the high wing and the sport flyers and a couple other little projects here and there uh when i when I did feel like uh, going out flying and everything. So uh, the Warbirds was interesting, and I'm really actually really happy to have seen this one come out. And again, eh, this was kind of tight. This was kind of tight, and you'll see by the numbers. So the uh, the RC After Hours uh, Best Warbird for 2020, pow, a Bronco. But this is the Flightline Bronco, the 1,400-millimeter, 55-inch wingspan Bronco. And this got this garnered... 40% of the vote. Yeah, this was, I think this one's the most defying win. Um, no, there's one other that was really uh, just a tiny bit ahead of this guy as far as, you know, everybody collectively thinking and putting in something. Uh, this one's a really nice um, plane, and I admit I almost snapped one of these up. Uh, if I had been going to the U.S. this year and if I hadn't been planning to bring back... Um, my uh my hangar nine uh, i think this one would have been drop shipped to one of my buddies in ohio and i would have picked it up at flight fest um so it's a it's a pardon me it's a really nice piece of kit uh, especially if you are into your high wing twin prop kind of thing uh i just don't know about the landing gear but every everything i've read so far says it's fine it handles it and you know these are this is one of these airplanes you drop the flaps and you can really grease in some nice landing with it so i've uh, been enjoying flying the ov10 in fpv really nice flying aircraft says delta dart so there you go fpv on this thing would be amazing yes so this one garnished 40 percent of the votes uh in second place at 35 percent of the boat was the e-flight p51 mustang which was nice it's a nice looking air plane uh 1.5 meter wingspan so that's pretty cool then 10 percent was the hawker hurricane from hobby king slash h king and then 10 percent after that so in so tie for third really uh the nexus p40 um arf kit which has got a 61 inch and then after that five percent the hangar rc texan Yes, the Texan got in on the on the fun, so that was good news. Uh, but congratulations to E-Flight. E-Flight's uh, kind of collecting a little bit this year. All right, um, you've heard me say it before, but we love our high wings on the podcast. Um, myself and the listeners really do enjoy a good solid flying high wing aircraft and it's just it's one of those mixed roles you can fpv it you can fly them off water you can fly them in the winter you can fly them in high winds it's just it's a versatile style aircraft so this was uh i think this was um this was pretty tight there was a couple ties for third place as far as numbers go and everything and it was a mixed variety um but you're gonna be surprised on this one or maybe not maybe it's just following tradition but 
It's the E-Flight UMX Turbo Timber. So taking over from its older brother, the, t- the Timber, who won a couple years ago, uh, the UMX Timber, which I have, and I bounced off the post, and it's repaired and ready to go again for whenever I feel like flying it. But the Turbo Timber, the UMX Turbo Timber, was your pick as you uh, a high wing, best high wing of the year. And it collected 31% of the votes. In second place was its bigger brother, the Night uh, the Night Timber, at 24 votes, uh, 24% of the vote, and then the Normal Timber and the Legacy or Extreme Flight Turbo Bushmaster uh, tied for third with 17% of the vote, and uh, bringing up in fifth in fifth place with 11% of the vote was the uh, the new new to the the ring I guess is the Duraflight Micro Tundra. So which I really want to do I really do want to try. So there we go. I, at least we're consistent uh, as a podcast, and it is. The, the UMX Timber and the Turbo Timber are solid, solid products. Uh, brushless motors, little 2S packs. Uh, and now that there's a variety of connectors and everything, you're not stuck with the E-Flight battery. You can run a little, something a little heavier. And I've proven mine's pretty durable and everything. And so if I was out looking for a lightweight aircraft that I could just fly around in a tight space, besides the plane of the year being the... Uh, the uh, the Defiant Wings Renegade. This would definitely be if you're looking for a, a bind and fly solution right out of the box and go. I think this one is a is almost a no brainer. So, congratulations to E Flight. I mean, these guys were just cleaning it this year. Okay, there was one vote that I kind of laughed and was like, "Wow, you guys really, really are on point when when it comes to this one." It was universal as far as votes and that was best multi-rotor now okay i need to qualify this i haven't flown multi-rotors until this fall it's been a really long time and i'm in the middle of revamping and and kind of just doing some refreshes on my old one but in the last couple of weeks um (laughs) all of a sudden there are a bunch of new multi-rotors sitting on the bench here in my in my home and uh so this vote was kind of interesting but uh like Specs. There we go. Show me a picture. Oh well. Uh it's the uh, DJI DJI Mavic 2. Uh and no no kidding, eh? Um the Mavic 1 did really well. Um uh, but the mini um uh, where's I'm just looking for a nice photo. There we go for the people watching. Anyhow, they've done their work. Uh and I've flown, I've flown my, my buddies for a little while, and I've enjoyed it. In fact, I'll let you in on a secret. Even Chris, Chris from the podcast, well, you know, former, you know, uh, former uh, co-host with me, he picked up a two. So, you know, 90% of the votes. And after that, there was an Airblade uh, UAV Transformer Mini. That was something that Frank suggested. Uh, I had 5%, and uh, and then 5% of the vote went for the Flywoo Explorer uh, LR. Uh, and, and that's, um, look, stay tuned for the reviews on that puppy. So I even went that route, and it was interesting. Um, all of a sudden, when I started flying the quads, knowing, okay, fine, the winter's here, I started working on my scrappy little quads and stuff like that, and all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, let's 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 do this right. And so I now have, a, it's analog, because I don't have any digital uh, transmission stuff, but, uh, you know, so I ordered that. 
And then I um, I get a text from uh, Captain Drone. If anybody watches his YouTube channel, the guy's clear. Like Steve is just cleaning house as far as um, you know uh, subscriptions go and stuff like this and product reviews and everything. So he's anyhow he needed something. I had something. So he struck up a deal, and I'm suddenly, bang. I'm now a mini owner as well. So it's a version one, no big deal. It's, uh, you know, it doesn't have the, the extra batteries or nothing, but, you know, it doesn't have the charger, but who cares? The point is I have one and I will use it. Um, I'm really hesitant on buying one of these guys, actually. Even after I flew Steve's a few times and really like it, really know what they're about. But if you just want something that works, you slap your phone into it. Uh, the version two's got a little bit more speed, a little bit more uh, flight time, I believe. It's got the uh, you know ten kilometer video transmission range. It's crazy, right? Uh, and it works, and it records in four K. So yeah, so it's interesting. I, I'm I'm I I'm almost going to be just positioning these two reviews, the little Explorer and the Mini, uh, the the DJI Mavic Mini, and just you know, one does this, one does that. Totally different reasons, totally different product uh, ecosystems. Um, but in the end, if you do it right, you probably could use them equally as well to to acquire stuff. And we'll, we'll talk about this as we go on because it's going to be part of some of my objectives and my goals and everything. And I'm hoping that you'll listen in and uh, kind of carry on the journey. So, again, congratulations, DJI. Uh, duh, right? You know, like they're just cleaning it up with this product and no one's really come on market to challenge them for it. So, uh, so again, the DJI Mini 2. Uh, and they're not even calling it the Mavic Mini anymore. I think they're just going with the Mini 2 because they realize it's its its, its own beast now and uh they're they're relatively inexpensive to own kind of easy to take care of so duh <laughs> if you have any other ideas by all means drop them into the comments let me know uh and uh like i said we'll keep building uh but again i'm going to be having flying my, my one and having a good time with it all right uh the next category was an interesting one, and this kind of evolved from me looking at the comments in the the, the, the polls uh, as we went through, and uh, <laughs> it, it it wasn't a surprise, but um, and this is a topic I'm going to cover off as we go through it, as I as a, and I realized there were subjects emerging from your comments which were really engaging and really interesting, and we'll dive into those as we go. So I kind of lumped again to the two categories together. Best radio and best FPV system. And I guess if there's something that came out of 2020 was this technology kind of coming to the forefront and making itself available to uh, the consumers. And uh, as you guys might have guessed, the uh, DJI FPV system uh, really shined this year. Uh, and it captured uh, like 57% of your vote. And then followed by that, it was the Spectrum NX series, which looks really cool and interesting. Um, Radio Master, uh, their TXS, TX16S, there we go, uh, that captured 11% of the vote. And then the Jetty uh, uh, DS12, followed by, obviously, uh, Fat Shark uh, getting 5% of the vote with their HD system, uh, which I really do hope they keep developing. And then uh, Team Black Sheep's Tracer uh, 2.5, 2.4 gigahertz radio system, uh, capturing a little bit more. Uh, Again, DJI just showing how they're able to um, really 
listen to to the market. And it was funny because before uh, the end of the year, I was really on the fence as far as where I was going. And I think even though I and I kind of like pushed away, I picked up those new or used uh, HD3 goggles. So my my um, uh, Attitude V2s are now retired and I've got a new set of analog FPV goggles and I, I figured I would fly. But I suspect I will probably try and pick up a used set of DJI, you know, version one goggles when the version two come out because that'll be still good enough for me. And all these, uh, and there was some really neat inf- little comments throughout the uh, the poll about, you know, like some of the, the Cadex systems, you know, coming up and, and partnering with with DJI as far as HD and. And then you've got all the other competitors, uh, you know, camera producers, Runcam and so forth, and Fox you know, starting to produce systems that'll work. Uh, with the fact shark so i kind of want to see this market space kind of evolve but everybody i talk to who goes to hd and especially the dji stuff says oh no regrets zero regrets zero remorse about how much it costs to jump into it because the quality is so good the 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 image experience is so good um and so who knows who knows? I honestly, I made a very serious decision at the end of the year saying I wouldn't do it. And I'm probably going to fix that in 21 and jump to that one. And I fully recognize how much this stuff costs, but at the same time, the experience and just, just the, the, the giggle factor alone. Now, things that I will say, like I would like to see, like there's no head tracking, um, at least not to my knowledge, there's none. That would be something I would love to see them to, to incorporate into it. Because if you have a pan and tilt system, you know, you, you miss out on that. But at the same time, the, the field of view and the camera resolution is good enough that you can move your eyes around it. And, and it's one less, you know, it's two less servos on the aircraft that you have to uh, to worry about. Um, I like the fact that the, the, the VTX units, you can throw a card in there and record. And so you're getting your, your, you know, nice feed. Plus you're getting your recording feed off your goggles and so forth. You know, I, I, I tap this as watch this space evolve in 21 uh, because I think that they're pushing hard. I do want to see Fat Shark push the product because I looked at the Fat Shark product and my goggles with the HDMI input, I can buy their module and everything. And their, their transmitter modules seem smaller, lighter, and, and, you know, more traditional as far as the form factor goes. But at the same time, you look at the quality and, a good analog system is almost in some aspects and some points will outperform the digital aspect. And so it's, it's, it's a hard buy right now. It's a hard, but I get that DJI, oh, sorry, fat shark is trying. So that's awesome. Don't stop basically is what I'm saying. So, all right, I'm going to jump into your comments and your topics. Uh, Kind of got in trouble uh, because I never said there were any uh, there were any helicopters, uh, and uh, I really didn't touch any of the helicopters this year. Uh, Delta Dart commenting back on it: head tracking would be a huge important. The older race edition system had that integrated in, and it worked really well. Yeah, and I, I, it's not a hard thing to do either. I think it's you know it's you know it's a little module, so that would be. We'll see what happens with V two, right? Stay tuned, as I said. Okay. Back to the helicopters thing. Sorry for digressing there. Um, I giggled. Yeah, I didn't have any helicopters, so there were two. There were two. Um, there were two suggestions. Actually, there were three, and I started giggling because you'll see. It's a good running joke. Um, the Goblin Kraken eight, uh, five uh, five eighty. Uh, the Robar eight hundred. Roban uh, eight hundred. Bo one fifty. 
and then out of nowhere, the uh, the Texan. Uh, so I'm like, wow, that's not a helicopter. And I giggled. Uh, and then best uh, other optional, uh, talking about uh, some of the other comments that people were talking about that they really liked this year was things like uh, the the wing simulator. That was a nice bonus for 21. So, uh, or 2020, sorry. Cat's attacking me and distracting me. Yeah, I bought the wing simulator. I love it. I've flown with a couple of friends and uh, I think uh, into January and February and it's really disgusting. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll flash up the flight simulators. Flight simulators, that was another comment. Uh, flying with friends uh, via the simulators when it was really bad come March or earlier this year. Um, huge Huge morale boost, huge thing just to get in there. Uh, and and so, cool. All right, so carrying on with the best others, and this was an optional, so obviously Wing Simulator, congratulations to the guys for making that. That's Kitchen Sinks. They did a really good job on it. Um, someone said their favorite plane, Durafly Tundra. Uh, Durafly Tundra will always be our favorite plane. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and, and then uh, favorite crawler, the Axial. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I like my Axial. I like my Traxxas. I haven't actually touched my trucks in a long time, which has been interesting. And then this Texan showed up in this in, in, in optional others as well. I mean, I don't know why it keeps showing up, but there it was again, Texan. All right. Best new technology. Uh, again, one of this other optional, and that was the um, the radio choices out of nowhere. Or maybe we saw this building, but the quality of these radios, I'm being told, is better and better and better. Um, I think um, I think you're I think they're right. I think these guys have stumbled on it, or uh, the mainstay guys have just kind of run out of tricks. And um, I love. The fact that I have one of the other, you know, I have both radios in my fleet. And, and even myself, I've been starting to play with uh, the Black Sheep, Team Black Sheep's um, Crossfire stuff. So cool, right? Uh, but we're, I'm hearing a lot of people thinking that they're, they want to, you know, get rid of things like their, their FR Sky radios because of some of the stuff the FR Sky has done with the market. And then the Spectrum radios, yeah, I... I guess it's it comes down to what do you fly, what do you need, and how do you want to go with this stuff. Um, let's see. What are there's, uh, it, you know, if you're doing all buying and fly, and that's where you go, you obviously love your Spectrum radios, and I love my DX9. I love having that because it's taking pressure off my FR Sky radio, which was running out of memory space because of all the models in there. So. Cool, and then I can throw my module, my TV, my Team Black Sheep module into my my FR Sky. Um, but again, you look at something like some of one of the Radio Masters are doing and stuff like this, and you know the the How Nine gimbals, Open TX. You're getting a really comparable radio system with a multi spec multi protocol transmission abilities. I mean, and the price is just wow. So I don't know. Maybe I'll have to push and see if we can get a review of one of those radios on the podcast to see what we think. But all the reviews and all the people I've talked to who run them love them to death. So uh, here we got a comment here. The digital system is the carrot everyone loves. Uh, we'll wait and see uh, what everyone thinks of the mandatory geofence lockouts. 
uh, once those hit and once the regulations jump in and tie into DJI's remote uh, ID system. Yeah, that's something that broke. I wasn't going to bro- really touch it on the show until I uh, this episode until I actually have a little bit of time to read and digest what the whole remote ID entails. Um, you know, it sounds like a little micro, uh, transponder and everything. Um, lots of technical questions and everything. So I don't know, maybe we'll be able to drag someone in onto the podcast who can talk to us about, um, about some of the benefits and some of the systems and everything and some of the options as far as they go. Again, this is kind of why I think the little sub 250 and the quad, I'll talk about this as I go into the show, but I think that's why the sub 250 class is going to absolutely explode. And we saw progress this year, and I think for 21, you're going to see a huge evolution as far as this goes. Okay carrying on with some of the best new technology. So coming back to it, um, the the Cadiz Vistix, uh, it was out and it came out earlier in the year, and, and we started seeing all the naked systems and everything. So the HD thing just going, and and again another one of the notes was the DJI FPV slash HD FPV, just incredible. Um, really changed a lot of the viewing experience, and it was one of those things where it's almost sad if you're if you're a long time analog guy, you know, you're you're sitting here and. Uh, Hey, uh, Raph, uh, happy new year as well, buddy. Oh my God, cat. <laughs> Thunder. All right. Um, sorry, cat attacking me again. Uh, if you were new to the market and just getting started, it's, it feels almost easy to do it, but I have so many cameras and so many analog systems that it almost seems, ah. Uh, and to think about, like, if you have a favorite aircraft, and you're going to move that over and the cost. So the startup costs, I think, are really high. But I, if you convert over 100%, it's worth it. But maybe it helps you focus down. Who knows? I'm rambling about it, but it's an interesting subject. And I think it's going to be one of those dominating subjects for 21. Uh, because looking at, at products and a lot of the, you know, bind and fly stuff um, or plug and go, like even, even like, again, little quads, you can get a full HD quad, and I think it's almost cheaper to buy, and I've said this before, I think it's cheaper to buy one of these things that are ready-made and everything. Uh, I know that the, the building guys are just like, no! Component for component-wise, it's probably easier to get an HD system on one of these quads and then salvage it or rip it apart and jump it into something you want versus buying things on their own. That's just my theory right now, but I I'm, I'm suspect I'm right on it because I think cost-wise and everything and the packaging and all this stuff when you factor all that in. So who knows? All right, carrying on. Uh, another one of the highlights uh, someone mentioned for them was the Spectrum Smart Technology, the battery and the chargers and everything. Um, won't buy it, but I respect it. And I and I said the same thing. Um, having those intelligent batteries and, and anybody who's got a bigger DJI system um, – uh, you know about the smart batteries and that's pretty cool to uh those are really handy in the sense they discharge on their own anybody who's super busy and forgets you know who wants to be damaging their batteries right so i understand the smart technology i just oh it's another point a point break you know and a point it just sets the bar a little bit higher higher and like you know, every time you go and you look at a new piece of technology, new piece of kit, well, I had to go buy four new batteries to feed this little monster, right? So it's like, oh. Um, so again, it's one of those things where if you jump into an ecosystem, it's almost easier to be within that ecosystem, right? If you're an Android guy, you buy all Android stuff, right? Or Google stuff. If you're an Apple guy, well, 
duh. And it's, it, it kind of works itself out to your benefit. Yeah, your upfront costs, I think, are a little high, but I don't know if I'm ready to adopt all these other de- technology. And that was another point. Um, Insta360 V2. Uh, some of these cameras have come along, along like the camera tech and the naked cams. Isn't that awesome? They're expensive. Again, really expensive. The Insta360 naked, the, the, I think it's called the one uh, or whatever. Stripped down, I think it's what, 240, 300 US dollars. Okay, it's a really amazing camera, but because there's no shielding on it or anything like that, oh gosh, right? And what are we doing? We're slapping them on front of the quads. Pardon me. Myself, I took one of my 1080p cameras, the uh, JS4000 or SJ4000, stripped it down, found a thing on Thingiverse, printed it up, slapped it onto my quad, and I get a sub 250 camera. It's only 1080. I can't do any of the stabilization, but I don't care. <laughs> uh, but again, if you go HD system, you're bypassing all that requirement. Yeah, you might get some transmission drops in in your video feed coming off your goggles, but who cares? Uh, and if you're interested in sharing your flight, well, then you've got it at least. If not, it's just, you know, for good giggles, all right? So um, let's see. INAV 2.6 with Safe Home. This was really cool. Um, that was a really cool thing. I watched Andrew Newton's video about that and uh i actually wanted to add his name to to something andrew um that was really cool to see that and i liked his rationale he says okay you get this safe technology uh, so this this geofencing technology um but now you can say okay i only want you to land inside this like you can further contain where your return to home is or instead of flying over this random spot so in my case okay i can say yeah you hover over this 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 you know spot in the in the field i fly in but don't go too far over there because there's a football field that's active don't go too far over there because there's a school i can actually you know locate and lock this down um one thing I will say that I was really impressed, I watched the Flywoo, uh, their new Hex, which is like the six-motor version of the Explorer, right? Their new board with the F7 has a built-in Bluetooth, which means you don't need a wire to do any of your tuning, which means you could, in theory, be doing your updates from your phone and so forth, which is pretty darn cool. Um, that... I want to see pushed. I want to see, oops, sorry. I want to see iNav and Betaflight and so forth on my phone. You know, so if I'm in the field, I don't have to drag a laptop with me to do all my tuning and everything. Maybe it's a light, sweet version where you don't get as much, but, you know, Bluetooth technology, we have the technology. The boards are so tiny and everything. And like the new version of this board, it's a 16, it's a 16 by 16 mil tiny little flight controller and the foreign one has four or in the case of the six the hex is six 35 amp escs i mean my goodness it's tiny it's so tiny like i'd be terrified to do the soldering myself i think but you know whatever it's just it's really cool and i'm I'm, and it's one of the areas i'm pumped about for for uh 2021 right all these microization and years ago i remember being on the podcast with david minstall and we were like this is the worst thing ever we i want my components that they blow to be individual now you got like a if it blows it's a 20 dollar board swap that out throw in the new one go Wow. And and again, uh, there's an HRC Texan and the uh, under the best uh, new technology. I don't know how that happened. Sam, Sam, uh, was that you? It couldn't have been Sam. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> okay. 
So, uh, comments and other product votes. And again, this was an optional. Uh, Real flight when the fields were closed due to COVID. And again, um, I have some really fond memories of the guys and I just giggling away at night, sitting there with our remotes, their kids in the background, the dogs barking and stuff like this. And we're flying. Um, And it was a really good opportunity to connect. And I encourage you and your buddies and everything to really um, find that way to do it. Uh, The tech... um, the computer tech isn't that crazy to run real flight. And we found out that even though I was running version nine, the guys could fly in version 7.5 and stuff like this. So we just had to find the common fields and common aircraft and everything. And you throw on your, 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 your chat, whether it's over, uh, you know, Facebook messenger or, uh, um, discord or something like that. And you just laugh and you try and hover in front of each other and just be goofy and tag and just, but it's that interconnectivity that we're missing that we don't get to do regularly. That's super important, and we'll as the as the winter gets worse and worse and worse, and we get deeper into it. Um, and you know, if things don't improve, we will work on that. And I will try and host a couple here and there and everything, and devote some time to it. So, all right. Um, here's another uh, little comment here. Most of the technology is going through going to turn into oh. Most technology is going to uh, to go on to full and turning to OSD using radio. Not sure on the fixed wing stuff, but the field of quads is turning to OSD now. Uh, you know what? And I'll talk about this later on. I, I've been dumping flight controllers into a lot of my, my new wings and stuff like this. Uh, and the, so that technology just kind of moves over. The board sits in there between iNav and even Betaflight to, to a little bit. Yeah. Uh, if you have a wing uh, and just the ability to say, oh, I'm having a problem, let's stabilize that thing automatically and do a little return to home or red, why would you not? And it's getting smaller and smaller. You can get the little tiny nano GPS receivers. And so it's amazing. It really is amazing. And, and really, why wouldn't you? As long as the flight controllers have some output so we can put some servos onto it and they can sustain power, um, uh, woo, right? So, um Hey, John Davis. Talking about you earlier in the show. Thanks, buddy. Um, John Davis has my Hangar 9 Cub. Every once in a while, he comes over and he takes a photo of it and tells it, gives it a little rub on its belly saying, one day it'll happen, right? (laughs) Okay, where was I? Other comments. Um, Hangar 9, uh, sorry, HRC Texan. Sam! I don't know how it's happening. All these Texan posts, you know. Jeez, it's like a rigged vote or something. (laughs) Uh, anything from the Banggood adult section? I don't know who sent that in, but that's that's just wrong. That's wrong, wrong. But I had to throw it in. It was funny. Uh, suggestions for the podcast? Uh, lots of nice. Keep it going, Andre. Something about a polar plunge episode? Are you out of your mind? Scratch builds? Yes. Um, I kind of started doing some bench time videos earlier on, so we'll we'll get there and um, <laughs> it will. We'll do stuff. Uh, and once in a while, maybe I will do a live uh, live build session, live Q&A session. Let me know in the comments if anybody's interested in it. That that goes for the podcast and the, uh, and, and the live video. Cut your hair live. Heck no. <laughs> There's no way in the world you're going to be able to uh, convince me to cut my hair. Uh-uh. I'm having fun. 
All right. Uh, some suggestions for guests for the show. We've got people like Mike Finley. Mike and I go back. I could probably be fun to hear his talk because he was talking to, especially when I started jumping back in the quads. Uh, he started putting in his field of uh, his his views and stuff like this. So, again, uh, all possible. Mike and Chris, yep, uh, we've talked to it. And like I said, Chris recently picked up a, a Mini 2, so I'd like to get him on the show once he's had a little bit more seat time with it to, uh, to really fi- figure stuff out. Uh, David, yep, David Vindestol, Steve Neal, all the guys, RC Sailor, Captain Drone, uh, Brian Phillips, YouTube, and Bill Decker. Would be kind of fun to get Bill on the, on the show and get his view on a couple things. All right. Surprises of 2020. Uh, the Legacy Aviation Muscle Biplane. Yep. Red Cat buying Fat Shark. Yes. Yes. That was huge. Um, and uh, it really caught us off guard as well. Uh, so Red Cat, they'd snapped up. Well, Red Cat produces trucks. Uh, they're known for their trucks, their gas trucks, their big monster gas trucks, and their their crawlers and stuff like that. They snapped up Rotor Riot earlier on, and Rotor Riot were a huge uh, promoter of the DJI goggle system, and now Fat Shark is owned by them. So what happens there? Who knows? Uh be interesting to see in 21 i look forward to to what they what they come up with uh and i really do hope that is the cash infusion fat shark needs to figure out some of their 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 more technical issues with the hd system all right stewart back at a hobby king yes 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 Stuart and I have been talking, uh, like his transition when he went from Hobby King to Motion, there's a timing thing, so he has to respect that from a contractual obligation, so in 21, he is will be raring to come on the show and talk about everything, and we can have some really good discussions about the industry, because obviously, um, Stuart's been a fan or a supporter of the podcast and hobby king i've been a fan and supporter of the podcast for a long time so it's going to be good it will be really good for the show again and it it gives me something to to you know gives me that spark as well because like i said in a couple episodes really was looking for who do i talk to who do i have a conversation with about everything so okay other surprises of 2020 yep the Hangar RC, uh, yeah, the Hangar RC Interlink. Sam and I just got a, started chatting, and something really nice has happened out of that. So, and and there will be a draw, as I said, for the Hangar RC Texan in uh, RC After Hours colors. And like I said, that I really enjoyed the Wasp experience, which is sitting in behind me. I'll throw the chat up so we're not looking at the same stuff afterwards. COVID depression. That was real. Um, that was really hard to get my head around as well. Everybody everybody experienced it in all our different ways. Um, but it was nice. Uh, the, interlacting, inter, the interlinking and the chatting um, um, in smaller groups also I found really worked well for me too. Uh, like I said, a lot of people don't like Facebook. I love Facebook Messenger because I get to talk to a lot of good buddies. Uh, and things like, uh, you know, just... Even the my little flight test, our little flight test group, really important, really nice, just to get in there and say hi, and just every once in a while keep those connections going and so forth. So, uh, giveaways. Um, let me know what you guys think. Uh, obviously, there's going to be the hangar and our uh, hangar RC Texans coming up, and go from there. From my end, obviously, it has to be something I can I can fire out from the U.S. because if I do it out of Canada, 
crazy shipping costs. Just crazy. And Canada Post is is absolutely broke right now. So uh, here was a really interesting point. With the pandemic, the prices of RC planes seem to have gone up and up and up, and there were less and less sales. Um, there were also less new planes released. I, yes and no. I agree, yes and no. Um, at the, and it seems, at least it seems that way. We don't know what the government will do in regards to rules changing and affecting our hobby. Hopefully 21 will be better for new releases and planes in stock. There have been a lot of planes that have been out of stock this year. Um, there was a really interesting manufacturer, there was a really interesting post from Dynam when they were talking about their new Hawker, the, 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 the Hunter, the Jet. Um, Cargo containers apparently are in scarce uh, supply. So obviously as a shipper, you charge more and, and so forth and so forth and so forth. And I agree. We saw this wave of airplanes earlier in the year and then things kind of petered off. And I think it's just, you know, manufacturers seeing there's the you know running into one production issues to um seeing less sales but i talked to my buddies at the rc club uh, rc shop here at uh, you know in ottawa great hobbies and they can't keep stuff in stock sometimes like the trucks particularly the trucks so i guess trucks are easier to produce i don't know uh, foam plastic who knows but i agree i think we'll see as as things stabilize we'll see the market kind of changed a little bit, I wonder. Um, I know I didn't fly any of my jets in 20, uh, which was an error on my part, but that was just how things went. Uh, I think, like I said, my prediction is that you will see a lot of smaller sub-250 variants on a lot of airplanes. Um, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to see an explosion from, from E-Flight. I'm kind of hoping a lot of UMX airplanes just really, really, really right on the cusp of the edge of the 250 mark just because. So, uh, all right. And the virus. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what to say about this anymore. It's just been so crazy and just unpredictable is the word I'll use to describe it. Just when we think we've got something sorted out and bang, uh, we see something different show up. So, I don't know. All right. I'm going to talk about my highlights, right? Because um, it really helped define the year. Uh, first and foremost, a huge shout out to Sean, uh, who, who sat down and came up. And we never did Yard Challenge version 2. And maybe we'll save that into the new year uh, when we're, we're all kind of like design punchy. Uh, but the Yard Challenge was amazing. You guys, hey, speaking of the de- devil, there is Sean from Defiant Wings. Um the yard challenge was amazing, and Raft did a really good job of you know, and all these really cool designs that came out. So I think we'll have to revisit that, Sean. Um, and out of that came this wonderful little airplane, uh, the Defiant Renegade, uh, which has turned into uh, <laughs> which has turned into Sean's personal nightmare. But that's okay. We're 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 allowed to we're allowed to, to say it's a it's a, it's a happy uh, happy error. Um, the uh, I guess the real cool part about the whole design challenge was seeing the different flying, seeing amount of the people who who like myself fly into trees frequently, which is rewarding uh, because you know I, I'm glad to know I'm not the only one who does it. <laughs> but we will totally do one. So um, Sam and the crew uh, from uh, Sam uh, from a hangar seat really enjoyed that link. Uh, really enjoyed the build. Really enjoyed uh, some of the stuff. I'm actually doing a, a side project trying to build something up, but I, I'm realizing just how terrible I am at making an airplane look good. <laughs> 
I can scratch build like nothing else, but they all have one going theme. They're boxes. They're flying boxes. Maybe that's not a bad thing. Um, uh, I'm really keen, as I said earlier in the show, to see where this sub 250 class stuff goes. I actually hovered this guy. I, I, I was last night, I was tinkering around, learning my team Black Sheep radio systems and updating and everything. Threw a 3S on this thing, hovered, and was stunned at just how quiet it is. Uh, it sounds really cool. It's got like this little whine when you fire it up the motors, but it's dramatically quieter than my, uh, even the, my, my DJI Mini. So it's, it's, and that's on 3S. I can't wait to in forest can't wait to get it outside and go so it'll be interesting to see where all this technology leads um from an airplane point of view yeah i mean these are little 1400 uh little uh 2750 kv 1400 1404 motors you know imagine these things on 4s on a defiant renegade the thing would haul so um keep going with the miniaturization we've always said the drone community helps the, the flying the plane community and that the, the the technology the push for technology and everything always trickles down to us we always go and we use it the flight controllers and stuff like this so woo all right the uh, the another highlight for me was the uh, the laser engraved sign from from Nathan Knight check out his uh, YouTube channel so Nate just got a full on laser printer uh, uh, laser yeah and and laser cutter not printer and it's stunning. It's absolutely stunning. And he says the differences and everything. And he, it's been fun to watch his progression through it. Um, and I was, I was talking with the guys the other night and said, does everybody now have a laser cutter? Because I feel like I'm, I don't have one. I don't have space for one. I don't think I'd ever want one in the garage with the GT6 and stuff. <laughs> Call me crazy. Uh, but it feels like everybody's got one now. So, eh. all right. What else did I really enjoy? Um, watching the, uh, the, 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 interacting with the community about this podcast and even myself i made a point laser boys um i made a point that as a creator i kind of feel like i i you know towards the latter bit of the year i feel like i started feeling a lot more creative it took me a little bit of time for a work from a work standpoint to uh to try and get my head around work with all the covid stuff and once i got that i think i relaxed and i started becoming more creative and i'm gonna keep pushing away on all these projects and keep pushing away trying to keep the youtube channel um going because i like seeing those stats i like seeing the the inspiration and, and just trying to make my own brand of video um not saying my videos are great but it's me and it's uh, it's my it's my experience through it so all right <sighs> 21 what do I want to do? All right. I got a ton of INAV projects. So hang in for me with that one. A lot of you guys I lean on for your experience because it helps me like shortcut and get through it all. Uh, I have, there's a wing, there's a beautiful new wing that, that I got for Christmas behind me. Uh, oh, that's true. Thanks, Sean. Forgot about that. Yes. The channel hit 3000 subscribers this year. So thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> and the podcast keeps going. I think we cracked uh, 120,000 downloads, which is not bad for a little rinky-dink podcast. So again, thank you. Uh, let's see. Uh, Fuel-based. All right. I was so excited about my airplane, my gasser. I have you know two gas planes. I've got the nitro plane. And I never got out to the flying field. And it was interesting listening to some of the comments coming back. Or the, the, they were updating as the COVID stuff comes in. So there's no hot and everything. It's a 30-minute drive out there. You're in the middle of a field. It's cold. So I'm like, you know what? 
let's park this plane. And actually this week I took the batteries out of it, the life packs out of, out of the, uh, the extra and everything. And I parked them and that airplane will come back on stream. I'm actually going to change the, the, the CG layout. And I posted uh, something on Instagram and there's another gentleman in, I want to say, I don't know where he is. He's in a really nice warm location right now. I can tell you that. And he, we were exchanging the differences between his layout as where he had his batteries. And I'm going to put mine into the fuselage because taking off the cal is too much work. <laughs> it's annoying. So I'll put some weight up front. I know it's sinful to have weight in the plane, but whatever. It just means I can take and service the batteries. The leads to the batteries are better. The charging will be easier and so forth. So that's the plan for that one. It will come back and it will totally get flown. Um, I got friends here in Ottawa who have been really inspirational and helpful in that. So huge shout out to them and great hobbies for, for uh, you know, supporting me on on some of those adventures. So, it, like I said earlier in the year, it felt like anything that didn't get accomplished in twenty. It's definitely being pushed over for 21, but zero guilt about it. There's no pressure. There's no guilt about it. It's all about doing it. So, And and I'm really happy to say there is at least a few review aircraft coming in to the channel. And that's courtesy of, um, uh, of you know everybody who's pushed and everybody who's commented. And some of the efforts, like I said, just mentioned, just trying to punch up the, uh, the, the, the quantity and the quality on the YouTube channel. So those YouTube uh, reviews will also, uh, you know, trickle into the podcast and everything. So thanks again. Uh, and we'll, we'll keep going. All right. And, and thanks has to go back to, uh, Sam from, from Hangar RC for all the interaction, Sean and Frank for all the, uh, the INAV and the, uh, the various FPV stuff, Nate for that sign, Bill Decker. Thank you for sending me that, that, awesome um dreamflight label which i will be you know mending up a touch bit more uh lewis and john thanks guys you guys are uh you know you're you're my uh <laughs> dark moment chatter chat buddies when we're, when we're all all feeling kind of cranky and annoyed about parenthood life and and all the stuff and not getting to go flying uh, andrew newton for answering all my uh, various questions about um about the uh, <laughs> about all the craziness for INAV and everything. So Andrew is just an awesome guy and, and so open to uh, discussion about everything. Uh, and the flight test crew guys, thanks guys. You, uh, there are some good friends, and I really missed not being part of the flight crew this year. That was no fun. And obviously the Patreon subscribers and supporters and everything. Um, Michael says, OMP Hobbies, uh, Ohio Model Products, came out with some great P&P planes this year and some helis. Yeah, uh, they've had quite the year. I admit that too. Yep, and I looked at it. Um, a few friends in, in Canada got them early on. I looked at the shipping and was like, oh, too, unfortunately, it's just too much for the, for the shipping uh, for me. But yes, I agree. Some of that stuff and a couple of their products were in, in the high wing stuff, but the they they never garnished more than one vote or piece kind of thing. So they didn't make it to the vote. And I apologize for that. But again, pretty cool products. Um, I'd like to have tried a couple of them and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll touch base with them again in the new year and see if we can figure something out. All right. Uh, I'm going to start the wrap-up on this awesome podcast because it is actually not too bad at all. I'm kind of impressed. We managed to almost eke out an hour. So, Patreon subscribers, um, I want to remind you guys, and I'll bring up the main screen. 
that if you're interested in this aircraft, stay tuned. As soon as Sam has it ready to go for the vote, uh, we will. Uh, so he's got it ready for shipping. <clears throat> Pardon me, lose my voice here. As soon as he's got it ready for shipping and everything, we will totally do that draw. Uh, I will try and get him on the show too, so he can talk about it because it looks really clean, really nice, and I think it's going to be a nice, enjoyable build. Uh, so again, check it out. Uh, and uh, Hangar RC has also chipped in a discount, and it's good till the end of uh, February 21. That's 10% off. Uh, stickers. Uh, if you want to support the podcast in a little bit, there's some swag. Totally get in on the swag. Uh, I got my T-shirt on. I got my hoodie around me somewhere. And by request, there are a couple Blame Andre. I should get myself a Blame Andre t-shirt or mug or something like that one day but uh totally 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 what's another comment here surprised that willie nelson didn't come out with a more special uh sub 250 push uh willie Niels. i'm not sure who that is but there's going to be more in the market you've got to know there's more people going to be pushing sub 250 gram stuff and everything so again uh, i'm going to wrap up the podcast and simply say a massive thank you uh where is that podcast music that we know and love um i won't say 21 has been super but i will say i've been really happy with everything that everybody has been able to do and and the contribution on a whole so ah again thank you for all the patreon subscribers anybody subscribe to the podcast the youtube channel and everything you guys make this all possible and Have a fantastic end of year. Let's hope we get some of these monkeys off our shoulders. I'm Andre. You are listening to the RC After Hours podcast. Thanks for everything. Have a fantastic end of the year. And uh, Happy New Year. See you in 21. 